but I think there's been this fear that exercise is somehow going to be dangerous. Uh, and it's quite the contrary. After that first day, when they say you have cancer, there's a new person born. You know, there's this thing called new normal. I, th I think they don't really maybe understand how much it's going to help them. Each patient and each survivor is going to be experiencing different side effects, different experiences. The positive is that it's, it's never too late. Welcome to the REACH podcast, where you'll hear from researchers, doctors and patients themselves on how exercise, nutrition and lifestyle behaviors can reduce cancer risk and improve survivorship. I'm your host, Kieran Fairman. Hey everyone, welcome back to episode 4 of the REACH podcast. In today's episode, I'm talking about 5 things you should know about exercising during cancer treatment. Before we get started, I just want to thank everyone so much for their feedback on the first few episodes so far. The idea of the show and, and the direction of the show and so much feedback has been on this idea that people don't really know that this field exists. Which is the main reason I started this podcast is because people don't know this field exists and everyone is so surprised at how little cancer patients, how little information cancer patients are provided with uh, during and after treatment and how little support they have going back into their normal life. And so the whole purpose of this podcast was to promote awareness of that, to let cancer patient survivors know what they're going to go through and what they may feel and obviously how exercise and nutrition and lifestyle can help. So, you know, as I said, I really want to thank you all for, for the feedback and it just it really inspires me to keep going with this podcast and, and keep growing it and keep getting the word out there and, and hopefully reach as much people as possible. So with that being said, we'll jump on into the episode. And as I said, this show is about five things you need to know about exercise and during treatment. Before we get to that, it's important to understand the cancer treatment itself and, and what treatment looks like. So before we start, I'll just talk about some of the different types of treatment you may or may not go through what they are and what are some of the common side effects. So three of the most common forms of treatment are surgery, radiation and chemotherapy. And you know, certain cancers will also be on hormonal therapy because certain hormones can drive different cancers. You know, you look at estrogen or progesterone for breast cancer or you look at testosterone for uh, prostate cancer. The idea of hormones in these cancers is to really give therapy that's going to uh, stop or reduce the hormones that promote cancer growth. So we'll talk about the first three, as I mentioned, surgery, radiation, and chemo, because they're the ones that are, most people are going to go through one or more of these. So first of all, surgery, it's obviously one of the most common forms of treatment for cancer, and, and the primary purpose of surgery is to remove the tumor or cancer cells from your body. Now, tumors come in all different shapes and sizes, and they can be tricky to cut out cleanly so surgery you know well they well they do target the tumor itself you may have loss of some tissue around the tumor whether that's muscle or fat or whatever the case may be it's rare that they'll just catch the tumor itself along with depending on where the cancer is located there may be lymph nodes that have been affected by cancer cells and it's really important that we remove these lymph nodes because once the cancer cells get into these lymph nodes it makes it really easy for cancer to spread. So it's important that we remove some of these lymph nodes. And this can cause some issues such as lymphedema, which we'll talk about a little bit later. 
And then you got radiation, which high doses of radiation are used to either kill off cancer cells or shrink the tumor prior to surgery. And it's used to either, you know, stop or slow the, the growth of the tumor. And this can be used at various stages in, in cancer treatment for, for different reasons. So a lot of when it's used can be dependent on what the cancer is along with the stage of diagnosis. So it's either used during or before surgery for, for whatever the case may be. And the difficult thing about radiation is it takes time to kill these cells. And so typically people need a few weeks of, of radiation. Usually it's about five days a week for anywhere from four to six weeks. And the problem with radiation, obviously, is that it just it doesn't just kill cancer cells. It also can affect nearby healthy cells, which can cause a whole host of side effects. Most commonly fatigue. Uh, you may get some hair loss in there, some skin changes, along with nausea as well. And these are things to consider when you're when you're looking at exercising during radiation. And then we move on to the heavy hitter, which is chemo, chemotherapy. And chemo is used to either, again, make the tumor smaller before surgery or radiation, try and destroy any remaining cells after surgery or radiation, or used in a combination with other treatments to try and make them more effective. So again, the use of chemo really does depend on the type of cancer, where it, where it is, hasn't metastasized, the stage you're at, and all that type of thing. So, so chemo can be similar to radiation. When it's used and, and how it's used is, is different for a lot of people. The problem with chemotherapy is it's given in cycles purely because of its toxicity. It, it li- <laughs> chemo literally is poison and, and it's trying to kill the, the tumor. And anyone who's been through chemo or knows anyone who's gone through chemo knows that it, it's really toxic. You have a ton of side effects. Again, you got fatigue, nausea. It just it wrecks your, your body systems. And so you need periods of rest in between these cycles to allow your body to recover. The protocol for chemo varies drastically across cancers, across stages of cancer, even across institutions. And so how your chemo is administered, whether it's once a day, once a week or once a month, it can differ drastically between cancers. But ultimately, the cycles last anywhere from four-ish to six weeks, and then you have a break in there. Then you come back and you go four to six weeks again. And the amount of cycles you do will then depend depend on how your cancer's doing and how the tumor's look and so on and so forth. Chemo tends to be one of the most toxic treatments and it can cause a whole host of problems. As I mentioned, nausea, fatigue, uh, you know, there's things called chemo brain where you have this fogginess in your brain, trouble with taste, skin changes, hair loss, the works. It really is just just a, a brutal treatment to go through. That being said, it, it really doesn't preclude you from exercise. It just gives you a couple of different precautions that you may need to take into account. And we'll talk about them in a little bit. And the last treatment, as I said, hormone therapy um, is used in, in cancers where hormones typically facilitate cancer growth. And so whether that's prostate cancer or breast cancer, they tend to be the, the most typical ones that hormones are given. You know, And these can cause a lot of different, different side effects too. Hot flashes is a big one, particularly in breast cancer and, and the hormone treatment that's given there. Fatigue is a big one with both of these, along with, you know, particularly with ADT for androgen deprivation therapy for prostate cancer. You're looking at weakened bones, lower muscle mass, so on and so forth. So if you kind of look across the board, you can see that the type of treatment you get and how long you're going through treatment really does play a role in in the, the type and the magnitude of, of side effects you experience 
And that requires a little bit of manipulation into your exercise protocol and how you take them into account. Which leads into the first of our five things you should know about exercise endurance treatment. You know, since I started this podcast and actually since I've, I've been in this field in general and, and I've been talking about this, this, the single biggest question I get about people who know someone who's going to go through treatment and want to start exercises, is it safe? And the first and most important point to this podcast is it is absolutely safe to exercise. There is no evidence to suggest that exercise endurance treatment is unsafe. And in fact, when you look at the alternative in not exercising, it's so much worse. If you look at the research that's been done on cancer patients during treatment, the folks who exercise minimum maintain where they're at. Almost always, the folks that don't exercise get worse. They have worse symptoms of nausea. They have worse symptoms of fatigue, of sleep, of depression, pain, physical function, muscle mass. You name it, the group gets worse. And that's an important point I'll, I'll come back to on one of the later points. But ultimately, when you're considering exercise, there is so much evidence to support the safety and efficacy of exercise during treatment. Enough to allow me to make a statement like this that absolutely, if you're on the fence, exercise. Of course, there's going to be some precautions that you may need to work around, which we'll talk about in the next point. But I keep coming back to this point that not exercising is so much worse. All of our studies, we compare those who exercise to those who don't during treatment. And 9 out of 10 times, the folks who don't exercise get so much worse. So not only is it safe, it can be extremely beneficial to your symptoms, such as nausea. It can reduce fatigue. It can improve your quality of life. All of those things that are affected so strongly by treatment, it can serve to buffer those. So the first point and, and the most important point to this is if you're considering it, it is safe. With the caveat that you take into account some of the precautions and side effects you have with your treatment. And that if you're, particularly if you're under the guidance of a, of a experienced professional, appropriately prescribed exercise can, can serve to really improve your response to treatment. And that leads into point two, which is you may need to modify exercise around your side effects. Okay, almost everyone is going to have some sort of surgery. And based on where that surgery is, you're going to have some, some issues there. Most typically, you look at somewhere like breast, a ton of range of motion issues in the arm. If they have a port inserted or chemo, again, a lot of range of motion issues. So when we're prescribing exercise, we avoid a lot of upper body strength work. But that's not to say that we don't do rehabilitative exercises where we work on improving the range of motion and we work on regaining function in that arm especially when you compare it to the advice 10, 15, 20 years ago where you're not allowed to lift a gallon of milk over your head and people took that advice and lived the rest of their life with it. And I've worked with cancer patients who are six, seven, eight years post-treatment and they still haven't used their arm. And we're trying so hard to just get away from that dogma and try and get people moving as quick as possible. You talk to anyone with any sort of experience in both in the research world or the clinical world and working with cancer patients, almost everyone will tell you the sooner you move, the better it's going to be for your outcomes. So again, to give you an idea, breast is going to have a lot of upper body range of motion. Prostate is going to have some lower body issues as well. Typically, they'll, they'll take out part of all, or all of the prostate. So 
you know, something like a, a recumbent bike or a spin bike probably isn't going to be uh, appropriate right away or strenuous exercise like heavy squats, anything like that. You, you just, you need to work around the site of surgery. So based on where the tumor is, the site of surgery, you'll have things that you, you'll you be able to do and things you, you'll have to hold back on, just like any sort of injury. You know, if it's a lower body injury, you can focus more on, on upper body. If it's an upper body, you can focus more on lower body. And I know that's kind of general information, but it, it's hard to get specific unless I'm working with, it, with a, an individual. I know their surgery, I know their background, so on and so forth. Another thing to take into account would be peripheral neuropathy. There's a few people I have on the show that are really going to go into depth into what this is and, and how it works. But essentially, peripheral neuropathy is, is quite a common result of, of cancer treatments in that it's it's this numbness and tingling in your hands and can lead to a lot of balance issues as well. And I've worked with people who have had that balance issue where they don't feel comfortable running or walking. And so to to keep them exercising but work around that, we just go to a bike or an elliptical or a more stable surface, which really has helped them out a lot. Likewise, if they have peripheral neuropathy in their hands, they may not feel comfortable using uh, free weights. So we just move to machine weights where pushing a machine chest press, for example, is a lot easier and it's not as reliant on your grip as, say, free weights. And we'll actually work on hand grip strength with folks who are experiencing peripheral neuropathy. You know, we'll get one of those hand grip devices and we'll do two or three sets of 15 on either side, or we'll get, say, a bucket of rice and really just get them to dig their hand in there, maybe pick out some marbles and things like that, where they can really work on their grip strength and their dexterity and kind of what we call proprioception and just awareness of where their body is in space to really work on those kind of things. And one of the more important things to consider, particularly during treatment, is this idea of a low blood cell count, which may result in a reduced immune function. And this is really important when when you're considering where to work out and how to work out you know we typically ask folks to avoid public swimming pools where the risk of infection may be higher particularly in those obviously with a reduced immune function and trying to keep your workout area as sterile as possible really working hard with those uh, with those wipes you see in the gym to clean off your equipment and and just being more cautious in in how and when you're working out because that that can be something that that can be an issue there too i also spoke about lymphedema earlier Really common side effect of either surgery or radiation, particularly in in breast cancer, sometimes in some of the lower body extremity cancers too. This is classified as as an extreme swelling in in the extremities and you'll see a buildup of fluid in in the arms and hands. And it varies in degrees of severity. Oftentimes we'll we'll refer to a physical therapist for this, but you know, a lot of manual massage works with this. People often wear compression sleeves when they're working out. And one of the biggest things with lymphedema is, again, this fear of, of weight training. And if you look at all of the evidence, people have specifically looked at this question in, is exercise safe for lymph- lymphedema, particularly resistance exercise? And overwhelmingly, the evidence suggests that weight training, not only does it not exacerbate lymphedema, it may actually help your symptoms in that the, the improved muscle tone from weight training may facilitate some blood flow back through the system which is a really promising area of research you've also got bone metastases you know depending on the stage and 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 grade of cancer it it may have metastasized to the bone and typically we ask these folks to avoid high impact activities you know obviously avoiding things like box jumps sports like basketball where you're playing on a hard court and going up and down for for the ball 
we really try and avoid those activities. Now, the, the other side of that is that we also promote weight training in the hope that it may serve to either strengthen the bones or at least attenuate the decline in bone mineral density. So, so those are some of the more common side effects we see from treatment and ones that we often require the most modification in our exercise programs. And as I said in the first point, exercise is safe during treatment. You just have to work a little harder into getting creative in your exercise program and learning to work around some of the side effects. Now, thankfully, you can actually get a lot of these measures off your doctor. You can absolutely talk to your doctor about symptoms of lymphedema and peripheral neuropathy. You'll certainly know if you have range of motion issues from surgery and bony metastases will, will also be discussed with you if that's an, if that's an issue too. So, so while we do have some things to take into consideration when we're designing programs, you can certainly talk to your physician or your oncologist or as I said, a health professional with expertise in this area to make sure that you're working around these issues and really can design a safe and appropriate exercise program for you. So the third point is that your treatment-related symptoms will fluctuate drastically, either day-to-day, within a day, or across a cycle of treatment. And this is really important because your symptoms such as nausea, fatigue, your sleep, your energy, even your quality of life, we've seen that those fluctuate day-to-day or even, as I said, within a day. And this is a really important consideration for how and when you exercise. There's going to be days, there's going to be times within a day that you just don't feel like getting out of bed. And that's okay if you know that that pattern will fluctuate. You know that you'll have periods of of feeling better or worse. And it's really important to consider when you're exercising. And, you know, there's some days that you won't feel like exercising at all. And maybe that's just just a day that you go out and walk or you just try and get out around a hospital wing or whatever it is. The point I'm trying to make is that you need to modify the exercise to how you're feeling. If you have a really good day and you feel like you can push yourself a little bit, absolutely go and and do your thing in the gym or whatever the case may be you'll also have some worse days where you don't feel like getting out of bed and it's so important to consider just moving and just trying to get out of bed and just walk around the hospital wing or around the block or whatever the case may be the important thing to understand is that you will have these fluctuations and if you can start to recognize that pattern because everyone's different some will have day to day some will have week to week if you can recognize that pattern of your fluctuations in fatigue and nausea and all your symptoms, you can then structure your exercise around that. So you have your good workouts on your good days. You have a little bit of a lighter workout on your light days. And that can serve to help you just keep moving. Because too often we see people will start an exercise program even before treatment and they'll, they'll go in and they'll take that hit of chemo and it will just wreck them. So they'll try to work out for the first couple of weeks and again, they'll start to have those bad days. And more often than not, what happens is if you stop exercising on those bad days, it's so much harder to go back to exercising than it is if you just move at all because it keeps that habit of exercise and it keeps you moving. And as we said, just moving during treatment, particularly during chemo, especially when you don't feel like it, can really serve to improve those symptoms such as fatigue. And as counterintuitive as it as it sounds, over and over again, we see that the people who exercise during treatment are getting better sleep. They, they feel like they have more energy. They have lower symptoms of fatigue and they have a, a better quality of life. They have lower symptoms of depression too. 
And so it's really important to understand what you're going to go through and start to recognize the patterns of these symptoms so you can so you can work around them with your exercise. And that lends itself to this idea of a safe and appropriate exercise program, which takes those into account. And we'll move on to number four, which is such an important point, And it's no progress can be a good thing. And what I mean by that is that absolutely during treatment, particularly chemotherapy, you will see improvements in fatigue, in nausea, in sleep, in energy with an exercise program. What's harder to see improvements in is your fitness. You know, we look at outcomes such as aerobic fitness, such as strength, and these variables are are a little bit more difficult to see changes in. You know, there are some studies out there that have shown some some small improvements in, in these outcomes, but more often than not, the goal of exercise is to simply maintain where you're at. And it comes back to the first point I made when I talked about the exercise groups versus those who don't exercise, in that the hit your body takes and the decline in physical fitness and physical function is so profound that just maintaining where you're at is an achievement. And so by understanding the impact that exercise is going to have during treatment and that you may see some improvements in symptoms of nausea and sleep and fatigue and symptoms of depression, it may be a little bit more difficult to see improvements in fitness. But it's a good thing because you're maintaining your fitness. And that's the whole goal of working out during your treatment is to buffer the side effects of chemo or radiation or whatever the case may be and just keep you where you're at so you give yourself a platform or a springboard to then once you get through with your treatment you're getting back to your normal life quicker you're getting back to full fitness quicker and you're giving yourself a better place to work from once you get done with it so by understanding this and knowing what you're getting into and knowing what you're going to experience you can kind of avoid the potential disappointment of of working out really hard and feeling like you're you're really busting your you're behind and not seeing the improvements you'd like to see when in fact by just simply maintaining where you're at that's what we want you know improvements improvements in fitness and anything else that's that's a bonus you know for us as physiologists we see you just staying where you're at is such a positive so I, I encourage it if you're going through chemo if you're about to go through treatment understand what you're going to go through and that will really help to keep you going as, as you move through it because you're going to have good and bad days you're going to have better days as you work out than than not and you will get days of disappointment and it's important to keep reminding yourself of that goal to keep you going and this brings us to point number five which is probably one of the most exciting points we're going to talk about which is exercise may improve your response to treatment and i'm going to give you a couple of examples of what i'm talking about so dr lee jones from memorial sloan kettering quite simply is one of the leaders in exercise and tumor biology he's done some incredible work with aerobic exercise and how the tumor operates and how chemotherapy is delivered and I'm going to do him injustice here he's actually going to come on the show in a few months and talk a little bit more in depth about his research but essentially it looks like this the vasculatures of certain solid tumors aren't great so the blood vessels aren't really completed some of them are broken they don't really go anywhere and so a lot of the problems with chemotherapy is is its delivery to the tumor chemo is obviously administered in the blood And so a lot of the problem is you have parts of this tumor which is hypoxic, which means there's no blood flow and oxygen getting to them. So Lee being a runner and a physiologist kind of looked at this with that that perspective and that 
in that we know that aerobic exercise can serve to improve the vasculature of the body and improve blood vessels and delivery of blood and so on and so forth. So he looked at aerobic exercise in mice undergoing chemotherapy. For 12 weeks, they were part of this aerobic exercise program. And he found that the mice who exercised had a reduction in tumor growth by up to 33% compared to mice who didn't. And that is such a powerful finding that and that he's now trying to move forward and replicate that in humans. And can you imagine if and when we replicate that in humans and the power that's going to have in, in how we look at exercise as medicine? And so that's a really exciting area of, of research that we're looking to continue down that road and really hash out the ins and outs and the mechanisms of what's going on there. But it does show a lot of promise. The other really interesting part of this is Dr. Rob Newton, who again I'm going to try and get on the show in the next few months, has done quite a lot of research looking at exercise during chemotherapy. So much so that he has an exercise center within the hospital, right, right down the hallway from the chemo ward. So he has patients directly after they finish chemo, goes into his gym and starts working out. And it's that same idea that the extra blood flow may increase the exposure of the tumor to treatment, or there may be some metabolites or some cytokines or whatever the case may be, there may be some accumulation there that, that target the tumor. And that's that's another area that's a little bit muddy. We're still trying to figure things out. But he, along with a couple of people up in Canada, some people down in, in the States too, are really starting to look at this idea of exercise as a medicine during treatment. It shows so much promise that we're starting to really consider it and it's starting to be taken more seriously to be used as and adjuvant therapy to chemo or to radiation. So really exciting stuff there. And then there's this idea of chemo completion rate. So if you remember, I talked about chemo is typically administered in cycles and it's administered for however many cycles and, and across X amount of months. And people tend to have a lot of difficulty with standard toxicity of chemo. So they require a reduction in the dose or they don't finish all of their, their treatment. And we have what's called a uh, RDI or a relative dose intensity which essentially refers to this idea that some people need to have their dose modified so they, they receive 70% of their initial prescribed dose of chemo and so there's some really interesting research looking at this idea of chemo completion rate with exercise and it's a difficult thing to measure because getting that patient data out of the hospital charts and finding out what they're on is, is pretty hard but we do have some little pieces of information for example, Kerry Cornier, who is one of the leaders in this field, back in 2007 compared folks who did aerobic exercise to folks who did resistance exercise to folks who didn't exercise at all during chemotherapy and looked at this idea of completion rate. So the folks who didn't exercise, they had an RDI or a chemo completion rate of 84.1 and the folks who did aerobic exercise had just over 87% and the folks who did resistance exercise or weight training had just under 90% completion rate. And so you're looking at about a 6% difference in the completion rate. So 6% doesn't seem like a lot, but that's more the chemo you can handle. You can handle a higher toxicity. You can stay on your course better. And that could be weeks or months that you're getting back to full fitness quicker, that you're getting through chemo. So there seems to be some little pockets of evidence there that that is starting to show us this glimpse of exercise not just being good for physical fitness and for psychological well-being 
but it really may be medicine in the sense that it can prove the response to treatment and it can get you through treatment quicker. You can handle the toxicity at a greater level and you can really just get through it and get back to recovery as quick as possible. So that's kind of these one to watch areas, but it's certainly one of the most exciting ones and we'll see a lot of growth here in the next three to five years in this area. So that's point five. And by this time I've, I've convinced you right (laughs) exercise is great it's effective you can work around your symptoms you can progress appropriately it may even be be a sort of medicine with with treatment now the question is what do i do what do i do with this information how do i move forward and that's 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 the most difficult question because again you'll hear across the show and, and across these different people i talk to it's so individualized but i can at least give you some general recommendations like i said if you can Try and get screened for these various side effects. Try and get your blood count looked at. Try and get your bone mineral density via a, what's called a DEXA scan if you can. Make sure your your symptoms of lymphedema and, and things like that are getting looked at and taken care of. And the other thing I'll say is, is do what you can. You know, you'll have fluctuations in your fatigue. You'll have fluctuations in, in your various treatment-related symptoms try and work around those and understand that you're going to have really good days you're going to have really bad days and unfortunately you may have more bad days than good days but just keep moving and keep doing something that's going to buffer those bad days so then you can have your good days exercising and you can get through this this treatment and start to get back to your recovery as quick as possible and the other part of that is don't give up what you enjoy some people may be able to come to me or come to a professional and say, I want to start a weight training program. I've never done weight training before. Let Teach me what I need to know. And they may be able to take, take that on board. Other people may look at that structured exercise program and learn a new skills and say, that's not for me. And that's okay. Keep doing what you enjoy. If you enjoy playing tennis, if you enjoy riding your bike, do whatever's going to keep you active. We can sit here and say that strength training is the best or aerobic training is the best or this type of activity is the best for you to do. But ultimately, we don't know what you're going through. We don't know how you're responding to the treatment. And at the end of the day, these are just guidelines. You know, if if riding your bike is going to keep you active, keep riding your bike. If playing tennis or walking your dog is going to keep you active, keep doing those things. Absolutely, you can look to push yourself and maybe branch into things you might not have done before like weight training but the whole goal and and anyone who's in this field will tell you is to keep moving no matter what it is you know if you're not going to weight train doing any sort of other movement is better than weight training and the other part is is tailoring your activity to your current fitness level if you came to me i'd do a medical screening i'd look at your your history any injuries your activity level various assessments of your body weight your your fitness so on and so forth and i did i design a program that's appropriate to your fitness level so going through cancer is nothing different and going through treatment is nothing different you've still got to tailor your exercise to where you're at right now if you're sedentary you may think our guidelines of 150 minutes per week of moderate intensity activity are way out of reach and so that's that's not your starting point that's your maybe your end point your midpoint and so starting where you're at by just moving a little bit more, that's your starting point. And maybe you can work up to that over time. On the contrary, if you're an athlete or if you consider yourself really fit, you may look at those guidelines and say, if I do them guidelines, I'm going to be doing less activity. And that's okay too. Make the, make the activity fit to where you're at 
in your fitness journey you know whether or not you have treatment we've got to tailor the activity for where you're at and so that's really important too and the final point i'll leave you with is this if you can try and find some sort of social support preferably someone who has had the same treatment as you who is going through what you're going through because quite frankly your family and friends will understand but they don't really understand and so they can't identify with the barriers that you may have and too often with with treatment you may not look as sick as you feel and and they may not quite understand what you're going through finding a partner or finding some sort of social support group that you can go to and talk about your your barriers to exercise or or everything you're going through with treatment that will do so much more for your for your welfare for your quality of life for symptoms of depression than going through this journey on your own and you know i've talked about the Immerman angels who mark Harado spoke about in episode two they're a great resource for anyone going through treatment that you can find someone who's going through what you're going through that can help share your struggles and help give you any sort of advice because we all need a mentor even more so during a, a difficult time like this and so i'll leave you on a positive note hopefully i've convinced you that exercise is at minimal safe if not effective it can absolutely be beneficial to your symptoms and and your outcomes during treatment and it may even be a source of medicine so listen guys thanks a lot for tuning in this was an episode that i was really passionate about making largely because of the feedback i got from everyone from the first few episodes so please don't stop doing that keep getting in touch with me keep telling me what you want to hear what do you want to know about if I can't answer it, I'll find someone who can. Because that's the whole goal of this podcast. It's not for me to tell you what I know. The whole goal is just to promote awareness of our field and to get the experts on that can give you the information that you need. So please don't stop getting in touch. Don't stop giving me feedback. You know, if you can, subscribe on iTunes, give me a review or whatever the case may be. And you can get in touch with me via Twitter. My Twitter handle is Kieran Fairman. Or you can go to our website, reachbeyondcancer.com, and you can follow me on various social media sites there. But again, guys, I really have to thank you. This this has been a really enjoyable process for me. All the positive feedback is is inspiring me to keep going and, and keep making more episodes to, to keep you know getting the word out there about, about the power of exercise and nutrition and all that stuff during, during treatment. So thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.